You know, I was with a friend of mine a couple of days ago. Talked to Dick Vermeil, the former coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Vince Papali, the invincible. Yep. There's just a storybook to Philadelphia of that labor hard, work hard mentality. They're tough on you, but they just love football. You grew up there. Tell me about Philadelphia football. Well, Carson Wentz said it nicely. He said, you know, these guys are passionate and they don't tolerate losers. And Carson said, thank goodness I feel like I'm at home. (laughs) So the city is a working class city. It's tough. After I grew up, I went to college in Boston. So I know a lot about the Patriots culture. And I played football in college, actually. Where? At Harvard. You're kidding. Yes. What position? I was safety. I tried to stop the passes you guys were throwing. Totally different environment for football, yeah, right? They, in fact, the teams are pretty good now. They're much better now than they were when I was playing because you don't have to pay to go to school in the Ivy Leagues most of the time. If As long as you can't afford it, you can go there. So great athletes who could normally go to state schools can now go to any school they want in the Ivies because they probably don't have to pay much for it. Hey everybody, this is Roman Gabriel, the host of the Roman Gabriel Show. As you know, this program's more than just talking to high-impact entertainment and sports personalities. Let me tell you a way that you can help our sold-out youth foundation. Helping kids nationwide to live a drug and alcohol-free life and giving them success plans that work. Here's how you can donate to help. Take your mobile phone, text SOLDOUT20 to 484848. That's SOLDOUT20 to 484848 and help us help the nation's kids to stay drug and alcohol free. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show. Remember to go to romangabrielshow.com. Same thing for Twitter and Instagram. All your podcast outlets, just find it. I'm with a guy who everybody knows, America's Doctor. I like to call him America's Doctor. Dr. Oz, how are you? Well, you are very kind, Roman, to say that. I've been a huge admirer of yours because you led on the field, you left since being on the field. And you're doing things that show why football and sports in general is so important to us. Well, I tell you what, it's always a pleasure to have you because I love talking sports, love talking about youth. This is a great place for me because uh, it brings back old memories. It's, it's almost like a, a doctor's convention where you're seeing that's, everybody I, you know. That's, I never thought of it. It's exactly what it's like. Exactly. Because everyone that you see all the time, they come back. Yeah. T- touch points. It, it, really, it really is a small fraternity, and guys love each other, and they, this is a chance for us to catch up. You know, I was with a friend of mine a couple days ago, talked to Dick Vermeil, the former coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Vince Papali, the invincible. Yep. Uh, there's just a storybook to Philadelphia of, of that, you know, labor hard, work hard mentality. They're tough on you, but they just love football. You grew, you grew up there. Tell me about Philadelphia football. Well, Carson Wentz said it nicely. He said, you know, the, the, these guys are passionate and they don't tolerate losers. And Carson said, thank goodness I feel like I'm at home. Yeah. So it, the city is a working class city. It's uh, it's tough. I went to, I, after I grew up, I went to college in Boston. So I know a lot about the Patriots culture. Uh, and I played football in college, actually. Where? At Harvard. You're kidding. Yes. What position? I was safety. I tried to stop the passes you guys were throwing. And <laughs> the, good, the good news is the scholarships uh, were, were, you got to get academically right before you walk in there, right? That's, That's right. a different, totally different environment for football, yeah, right? They, in fact, the teams are pretty good now. and They're much better now than they were when I was playing because you don't have to pay to go to school in the Ivy Leagues most of the time. If, as long as you don't have, you can't, you can't afford it, you can go there. So great athletes who could normally go to state schools can now go to any school they want in the Ivies because they probably don't have to pay much for it. It's cheaper to go to a Harvard right now than to go to your state school if you need the money. Dr. Oz with us. What did you love about football? 
You know, my, uh, my son and I made a, a video as part of a campaign the NFL was doing a couple of years ago because, you know, called Together We Make Football. And I was criticized, I'm a doctor, about letting my son play sports, play, playing football in particular. And I said, you know, if I could take my son antiquing and get him to appreciate the life, I'd do it. But I can't. He's not going to. He wants to hit things and mm -hmm. catch things and run into things. So I let him play football, believing that if I took away from him something that I had at, at that age, right. you know, I'd never be able to make it up to him. And I think it's benefited him. I realize the risks, but I appreciate the benefits as well. And football taught me a lot about life. It taught me a lot about my body. Part of the reason I went into medicine was because I got curious about the temple of the soul. Really? And a lot of physicians are actually athletes who learned about the magnificence of our bodies. In fact, the commercial that I have in the Super Bowl this year is primarily about that. I made it with Turkish Airlines because they said you can make it on stuff that's uplifting. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman had done it last year. Who oh, I, that's right. I had him on my show, and I, I, I love the guy. And he had a good time. I said, okay, let's make it on the five senses. These five things we take for granted, what we taste, how we feel, uh, how we touch things, how we hear things, how we see things. And, and the beauty of the whole experience is that if, if you allow yourself to, if you know, your eyes can see millions of hues, but you got to look up. Right. right. You actually have to use them. And I think as athletes, that people are taught to use their five senses internally. As all of us should be using them externally, we should widen our world. Our program is about uh, highlighting people of faith, family, and sports, faith, family, and entertainment. Who, don't, don't forget food. Food? Food, food faith, family, too? fun. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and high-impact people that make a difference in people's lives. And, you know, you're one of those guys. I mean, it's one thing to be famous, Dr. Oz. It's one thing to enjoy that. But it's what you do with that opportunity to influence people, and you've been that guy. It's been fun to watch. Well, let me offer some insights on how that happened. So my, my, my wife uh, went to theology school at Columbia. My mother-in-law is a minister in Philadelphia. Wow, I did not know uh, that. So in my house, the prosecution never rests. <laughs> they could care less that I'm on television. Mm -hmm. What they care about is, is how, what I do to give, to, to what use we have. And that's the big issue, I think, an opportunity we have. Is, you know, we, 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 many, many folk of faith, they have belief and they have knowledge, but it's the use that makes a difference. Right. You got to show up in people's lives and chip in. For example, when someone gets sick, you can say, hey, uh, I'm here for you. Or you can say, hey, can I get dinner for you? Right. It's an extra step where you're actually trying to get engaged and offer support that allows you to feel good about life. And all the kind things you're saying to me are right back at the folks who watch. And Oprah's on, who's my partner, obviously, yes. and been a great supporter. And Gail King, who, who made all this possible right. by, by connecting me to media. And these people are wonderful human beings who are humble. You don't see that side of them. But they're incredibly humble people. And Oprah would always say, listen, people watching you, if they don't understand what you're saying, and, and right now I can't, then, then you got to change what you're doing because they're not going to change. you got to meet people where they are. And what makes the show survive is our ability to go into people's homes with good guests. Because yeah. actually, I'm not a host. I'm a guest. Yes. Right? You're inviting me into your home. You are right now. People are inviting you into their uh, cars to listen to you, to hear you. Right? And that only is going to be paid back if you bring to them worthy material. Dr. Oz with us. Did you have a, a traditional faith background? Yeah, so I, I'm actually, I was raised Muslim. Oh, is that right? Yes. My, my, you know, my mother, my grandmother was a, you know, incredibly religious woman who taught me all the prayers. Uncles were all wow. Hajj. They went to Mecca. The religion is beautiful when it's practiced as it was designed to be practiced. Uh, my wife is Swedenborgian. Mm -hmm. uh, Swedenborgian, uh, Swedenborgs are, are fabulous people. Helen Keller was Swedenborgian. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they had a huge influence on the Walden School, of which basically, they thought of an angel. You know, Clarence, the, the angel, and it's a good life. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Right. Right? But One Jimmy of my Stewart, favorite films. But that, that concept of an angel is a Swedenborgian concept that, that it's not that you're a fallen angel. We all have loves in life. 
And you will go to a place where your loves are satisfied. If your loves are in the right place, you'll be in a much happier, easier place to be. If your loves are in the wrong place, it's okay. Just right. change your loves. You know, love the things you should be loving. Dr. Oz, we're in a, we're in a critical point. Um, you know, as I travel around the country speaking to sixth and ninth grade kids and, and, ninth, and first freshmen in college, um, I, I see kids that, that don't have hope. I see kids that are scared. I see kids that don't think they're going to get the opportunity that you and I got. Um, you know, uh, they see a lot more, they're exposed to a lot more, and the technology's great, but I think in some ways it's been negative. You? I see the same reality. We have a kids' foundation called Health Corps that you know about, uh, where we go around the country mentoring teens. But I joined the President's Council on Sports Nutrition and Fitness, oh, awesome. and I'm exposed to the data. Uh, this is an apolitical uh, sure. group that's been around since times of Eisenhower and Kennedy. And our goal, with lots of athletes on the, on the council, uh, Bill Belichick's on the council, Mario, Mariano oh, Rivera's really? on the council. So, you know, they awesome. got some good pokes that are trying to chip in, but we don't have enough coaches. And without coaches, all the advice we give starts to fall flat. And the biggest challenge we've run into is that a lot of folks don't have the time to coach. They don't have the money to coach. Schools aren't subsidizing coaching. No, they don't. And if you think about this, Roman, is there a class in high school called Leadership 101? No. No. Is there a class on competitiveness or bouncing no. back or resilience? No, we don't have them. We learn that in our sports programs, especially football. And so when you look at some of the reasons this country is so successful in business, competing against other countries, is we have a culture of teaching young people how to deal with failure, how to bounce back, and how to ultimately succeed. Well, the things you just said are so important because what I've learned over the last 10 years of being in schools is, is the only thing they're, they're concerned about is percentages on test scores. They're, they're teaching kids how to take tests and at the same time getting rid of phys ed, getting rid of sports, getting rid of all those life skills things that kids can learn from. So kids, when they get to college, when I talk to college professors, they say this. Um, they don't seem to be prepared. They don't just seem to be emotionally mature. They don't seem to be ready. And I thought, well, why? Because from the time they're in kindergarten to the time they get here, they've been taught to take tests, and that's been the emphasis. And they're in school longer. The test scores aren't going up. And you know this as a doctor, that type 2 diabetes, anger issues, violence, kids aren't exercising, their brain's not sharp, and they're not eating correctly. What's going to be the result? We don't have a rite of passage in America to become an adult if you're a male. Women sort of do because they go through menstruation. There's a time when you clearly are a woman, not a child. Right. You're still young, but you, that something's happened. For men, that never happens. And so one day when you're 13 or 15 or 19, you realize you're a male, you better show up in life. Or something takes the place of the traditional rite of passage. And for many, it's the arts or sports. And if you're on a football team and you mess up your block and your quarterback gets crushed, someone's going to come back and tell you. Right. And the film's going to reemphasize you failed. You can't pretend or spin or, or there's no a trophy for making the block or there's no demotion for not making the block. You just know you failed. And so you don't want to do that again. And that's how you build responsibility. In medicine, when you become an MD, a you get your degree, you're not really a doctor. You're a doctor the first time you realize that unless the patient's okay, you're not okay. So the fact that the lab test was ordered isn't enough. You've got to check the test, know that it was good, or fix the problem if it's not. Where does that exist in the rite of passage for young men? And when we ignore those benefits to society of sports, basketball, you know, any sports, but for NFL is iconic because young men really resonate to right. it, then we're failing ourselves. Dr. Oz is with us. I call him America's doctor, but... Uh the bottom line here is is that what do we do? And, and this is why I'm so passionate about getting kids at the youngest age we can before they get indoctrinated, before they get those thoughts in their head about the biggest thing when I talk to principals is, is uh, you know, entitlement. 
Um, this is an entitlement age for these kids, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when they have that entitlement, it means that they think that they can just go through the motions, give the minimum effort, and somehow things are going to so work out. So what changed for you, Roman? What, what was the time in your life, probably in high school, I gather, where you realized, I'm better than I thought I was. If I do these things, I can be world class. I mean, connect the dots between that epiphany and the pinnacle of sports that you reached. It was high school. Uh, it was my sophomore year in high school. Uh, I got my first starting opportunity at the high school level. But see, I had watched my father, you know, from the time I was a kid, show me what success looked like, show yeah. me what daily dedication was, show me passion and desire. And there were three things he told me. Number one, you don't do anything unless you do it 100% or yeah. don't do it at all. Yeah. Two, there's no such thing as quitting and there's no excuses. Excuses aren't going to work. And I'd say, sometimes I come home and I say, Dad, I can't do that. And he'd say, Nope. It's not that you can't, it's that you're not able to right now. You will. Yeah. You will. And then the other thing for me was perseverance was, he said, I don't care what your coach thinks about you. I don't care whether you're starting or third string or whatever it is. Prepare every day like you're going to play. That opportunity is going to come one time. I don't know how and when, but when it does, you're going to step in and take it by the throat, and you're not going to give it back, and you're going to prove to that person they made a mistake that you're not playing. And that, and that at every level, Dr. Oz, of my career, I got to the NFL because one time that happened at every level, and I took it. And what I tell kids is sometimes you, you tell me you have dreams, but what path or success uh, path do you have to that dream? How are you connecting the dots? If it's staying up here, it's not going to happen. So when that one opportunity comes along and you're not prepared, somebody else is going to get it, and it's not going to come again. Yeah, I, see, I love that insight because when we hear those stories, uh, we often just look past them. Uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Was he supposed to be a superstar quarterback in the pros? I mean, he didn't start in college right till the the senior year. And he wasn't supposed to even be at Michigan. Right. I mean, right. To, so, and, and and you're just Roman, like so many other wonderful players who no one actually saw them coming through the woodwork right. until that one little sliver of opportunity presented itself, and you guys showed up in your own lives. And too many people don't realize these opportunities are there. there. There was a great study done on people who are lucky. So, what makes someone lucky and not lucky, right? Well, the old adage is, luck favors the prepared mind. Right. They did a study in England. They looked at people who are lucky versus not lucky, and they had them walked along a path. But what they didn't know was the experimenters dropped money on the path. The lucky people found the money. The unlucky people didn't. <laughs> were they lucky? Yeah. I don't know. The money was there. Yeah. Anyone could have found it. Lucky people were alert, looking, finding, uh, taking advantage of that small little opportunity that wasn't so small in retrospect. Hey, this is Nick Ruffini from Revoice Media, and I'm the executive producer of The Roman Gabriel Show. We got involved with this show because we realized that Roman has a passion for educating the next generation, and we need your help. We need you to be a donor and go to soldouttv.com and donate, whether it's one time or an ongoing basis. Please help us educate the next generation by becoming a donor. Go to soldouttv.com and click donate. And remember... You can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text Sold Out 20 to 484848. That's Sold Out 20 to 484848. And help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. You know, I always apply what I just told you to everything in my life. And when people say, you know, how, how did you get where you are today? I tell them, I say, listen, those skills and habits that I learned as a teenager are things that I apply in my personal life, my marriage, my kids, in my profession, in, in my passion for my career. Well, I know you have a story like this. 
you know, in this business that we're talking about being in here in media, it's rough. You know, you're going you're gonna to be told no a lot of times. You're going to fail a ton of times. And I wanted to ask you, how did those failures mold your career when you look back? Because people look at you and other successful people and they say, well, man, everything just came easy to Dr. Yeah. Oz. The He's o- up on TV. And- the, the overnight 20-year success. Yes, yes. So I, I did not have media in my vision board. I didn't think I'd ever be doing it. My wife, who's, remember those Visine commercials? Yeah. Those are her eyes. Is that right? So she knew a little bit about media, but I had no interest in doing media. And over time, I began to realize there was much more power in media than I appreciated. But my early insights were so off and my understanding so primitive that everything I did failed. Everything. Because I didn't know what I was doing. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And over time, just by pecking away and hanging around the hoop, you know, I would get a couple layups here and there, metaphorically, and you know, you begin to realize that there were insights that I could actually get pretty good at. But no one's going to sit there and teach that to you. If you're not right next to them, when they have a chance to mentor you, they will not right. mentor you. Right. So when people call me and want to be around me, I always put a purpose, a little bit of a barrier there. I want to know, are they going to fight through this barrier to get close to me? And if they make it, I'll, I'll mentor them. Yeah. I want to help them, the- but I'm not going to do it for them. And I'm like so many others. And I know when I was that barren and trying to get close to people who are going to be my supporters, it, they were probably thinking the same thing. Why would I want to commit myself to someone who hasn't proven they're worthy exactly, yet? Exactly, exactly. Dr. Oz is with us on the Roman Gabriel Show, RomanGabrielShow.com. And here's our generation. My dad told me failure's good. He said, when you fail, it's a reality check. you got to understand that when you fail, you've done something that isn't that you've got to improve on, that you're not good enough. And he said, always hang around people that are, are better than you, bigger than you, stronger than you, because you will step up to the next level. It will force you to be better quicker. It will challenge you. So don't be afraid of strong competition. And then these kids today, they would rather not try than fail. They're so afraid of failing that they, they, they won't go for it because they're afraid that they'll happen. And that's, that was not true of our generation. Well, I tell my kids, and I think it's not true because we don't mentor like we're supposed to. Yeah. i got to hand it to our parents, not us. The parents were really good at getting the story across. And my dad, who's an immigrant, risked everything to come here, well, uh, felt strongly about this. And I passed it on, I, I hope, to my kids. I said, I want you to fail. Two reasons. One, I want you to realize it doesn't hurt that much. Right. It hurts. You don't want it. But... It's okay. Right. Failure is part of life. You'll get through it, and you won't be afraid to fail next time. And by failing, you'll get better and yeah. better at it. And the second reason is you'll never know who you could have been. If you succeeded everything you do, it's like skiing down an easy slope. Who cares? You didn't get any better. If you're not doing something that forces you to fail once in a while, you really haven't well, pushed yourself. And that's where you've talked about this before. You have physical, mental, emotion, but that spiritual is so important for people. My faith is what helped me with that point is I believe God gave me a purpose and a mission, but there's going to be trials and tribulations and how you handle it, how you get up. That's what my dad would say. Hey, when you bloody your nose, when you get knocked on your back, that's, that's the measurement point. Are you willing to get up? Are you willing to go forward when it hurts, when it's painful, when nobody's watching? And, and that's what I try to tell kids is if you want something bad enough, what are you willing to sacrifice? And these kids today are told from the start, everybody gets a trophy. Hey, you're, you're, he's not better than you. You know, it's not fair. Roman, they see through that. Kids are so smart. Yeah, they know smart. it's not real. And they, there are people who are out there who are great philosophers who are getting a huge rush of traction. Jordan Peterson is an example uh, of someone who's controversial, but the kids love him. Because he's telling you the truth. He's saying participation trophies are not honoring you. You're better than that. And when you fail, it's okay. Your entire life is about failure. The story of Job is not the exception. It's the rule. Rule. 
you're going to be going through that. And if you're not going through that, you missed something because you just weren't aware you were having that problem. Question for parents because that's yeah. where the real rubber meets the road with what we're talking about. Parents have to engage. Dr. Oz, what would you tell parents in terms of preparing their kids for success and being engaged with their children? You have no idea how powerful what you're telling your kids is. It's the number one predictor of who does drugs or not. Uh, we don't realize it, uh, but it's, it's number one predictor, frankly, of how they study, of all the things they really do. And just because they don't acknowledge they hurt us, believe me, they hurt us. Dr. Oz is with us on the Roman Gabriel Show, RomanGabrielShow.com. Dr. Oz, tell me, going forward, um, I always talk to people about their, you know, people think that dreams and goals are in the past and you reach them and, you know, you just live life. But, you know, dream, dreamers are people who continue to dream high and continue to have a large vision. What do you want to do? What are some of the things you haven't done you'd like to do? I think we need to change the way, the narrative on what America, where America is going. And I want to chip in on that. I want to help folks who are struggling now, trying to envision what our nation is going to be able to be, the leadership role we have to play around the world. And I, you know, the show's in 100 countries, so I get to travel a lot. The, the world needs us. We got to lead them the right way. And I think we sometimes beat each other up about stuff, especially left-right stuff. I think we have an opportunity, and I've started doing it more in the show, to talk about the things that should elevate us all. And it's not just about feeling good about life. You got to have the deep conversation. You got to have the arguments. That's okay. But you know, in a family, you fight like cats and dogs at the dinner table, but you're still together. You're still family when you're done. And that's what's made this country great. And I want to just keep pushing us in that direction. No better way to finish it than that. Dr. Oz the Roman Gabriel Show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Roman Gabriel Show. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And remember... You can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text SOLD OUT 20 to 484848. That's SOLD OUT 20 to 484848. And help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. The Roman Gabriel Show is produced in partnership with Revoice Media. Executive producers Roman Gabriel, Nick Ruffini, and Kirsten Cluthy. Audio editing by Justin Thomas and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, check out revoicemedia.com. <laughs>